Welcome to Robin and Joa Save the World, One Book at a Time, a spoiler-free podcast sponsored by the good folks at Koros Books. That's Koros with a Q. Encore episode. Hey, welcome everyone. So on today's episode, myself and Robin will be discussing Pattern Master by Octavia Butler. This is a book that takes place in the far future. And it's where we meet Tere and Amber, two very strong characters that butt heads with one another in order to become the Pattern Master. Are you ready for this episode? I think so. Let's go. Hey, Joa, happy Sunday. Pattern Master by Octavia Butler. What did you think? Ah, well, so reading it, I remember what we talked about before when it comes to Octavia Butler and how um, she interlaces in there now in a very subtle manner, um, uh, Bible things, right? Mm. And um, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read Pattern Master by Octavia Butler, but it gave me Bible vibes because in essence is um, a son being tested by his father um, to see if he is worthy of being the pattern master. And you don't understand that until the end of the book. And like I told you before, I finished this book yesterday and it was like, wow, okay. I see how that is tied in into uh, that Bible story in there. Do you agree with that? That is such a good observation. I miss that. It's fascinating because, of course, the pattern master is the most powerful person in the land. And now that you say it, it is so clearly biblical. It's so strongly biblical. It's fascinating how Octavia Butler can take biblical references in theme and in language and subvert them and sneak them in there. I read the whole book. I thought about the book and I didn't see it. That's amazing. But you're right. You're so right. Yeah. That's the best thing about books though. It's it's a form of art, right? It's like looking at, at, a, at a portrait or a famous painting and we all kind of see the different things based on our experience and, and perception and all of that. Uh, so, yeah, so I feel like books are like that. We all get a little bit uh, different things from it just because of who we are as as people. And, and another thing that I like, and it wasn't just the, the biblical side of it, uh, but it also gave me, what is that movie where Tina Turner and Mel Gibson are in it that is like very futuristic kind of dystopian um, movie? Jesus, Ooh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it gave me it gave me those vibes. So this um, this movie and it's like Tupac had a had a music video like that, too, that looked like that uh, with Dr. Dre. That is very that is set in the desert. Yes. Um, you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yes. It gave me those vibes, those dystopian Everyone is out for themselves, fending themselves exactly. because we have the clay arcs and we have um, the pattern um, people. And then we have the, what are they called? 
Patternists. Patternists. Thank you. And then we have the mutes, but the mutes are kind of like um, just the 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 property almost of the patternist. And it was it was kind of it was kind of tough to read that because as well she taps into uh, a little bit of slavery, but in a futuristic. Uh, way as well because now we have mutes and outsiders that are the property of the the house master. That's what they call them. Yeah. So you, you know she like interlaces all these things in the story to make something brand new, which is amazing because it doesn't from the outside at first glance. This looks like a story about Tere, and he's our main character. He's male. He starts, we meet him when he's quite young and he's coming out of school with his wife, Ire. And we know that he's the son of Rael, who's the most, uh, who's sort of the king of the land, if you will. He's the most yeah. powerful. He's the pattern master at the moment, Rael. Tere is one of his sons. And in the beginning of the book, Joa, I, Octavia Butler is nothing if not brilliant with openings. When she introduces us to Rayal and his wife, Jancy, and Jancy is questioning, I hope my kids are okay. My kids are off at school. They're young. I'm worried about them. And what does Rayal say? What does Rayal say, Joa? He's like, I well, don't care. <laughs> he, is very, he is very king-ish, like, like that whole, I'm the leader. I don't care about anybody else. And when you see him again towards the end, he's very much like that. He is. Like, yeah, this not conniving. I wouldn't say conniving, but so devo devoid of um, feelings and yes. emotions. And compassion. He's and just compassion. out for himself. I mean, that he criticizes his wife for, he criticizes her and says she worries too much about them. What an unexpected comment. I mean, at that time, I think their children are ages two and four, if I remember correctly. And they're off at school, as all the patternist children do. They go off to schools led by mutes for different reasons that she explains in other books. It's interesting, too. So this is Pattern Master. We read it last in the Wild Seed series because we read it in the order that it is intended to be read in. But originally... Octavia Butler wrote this book first before she wrote the rest of the Pattern Master series. And I could see that. I could see her laying things out here with the founder, which was clearly a reference to Doro. And the yeah. Am we have to talk about Amber. Amber is clearly sort of the either, yeah, Amber's like the new generation of Emma, right? Like Emma. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. So, what did you think about this book, us reading it last, and it having been read for written first, rather? I I like it uh, because it put everything together for me. Remember, I think we talked about this on the last episode um, because I was saying I'm not I'm not getting that tie-in if this is a series. You know, I'm not getting that tie-in. You was telling me how I will get that tie-in with this book. Mm -hmm. And I did. And, and now it makes sense that she wrote it first because like you said, it has, she laid the groundwork here for that story. Um, the characters, the why behind that story. Uh, and, and then she links the clay arcs that we met in the previous book. Remember? Yes. And, and then the pattern is that we met in the book before last in mind of my mind. Absolutely. 
yeah, it was it was a brilliant tie-in for me. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I enjoyed it. It also has some interesting things to say about gender. So here we have Teray and Rayal. These are men with uh, a good bit of power simply because they were born with access to the pattern. Their power was not, uh, their inherent power was not earned. It's not deserved. It's not anything. They didn't study for it or work for it. So eventually Teray is tested, but he's tested on a power that he was born with, right? So they're a little bit superhero-y, if you will. And they have this power. Do they use this power to cure? Uh, this one thing bothered me. Do they use their power to cure the clerics? Do they, the clerics have disease? That's not a spoiler because that occurs. There's a whole other book about that. Clay's Ark and it's in the blurb. So it's not a spoiler. So they don't use their power to free the outsiders. They don't use their power to help the mutes. They don't use their power to cure the clearchs of disease. No. And it's interesting. They regard the clearchs as sort of the way that lepers may have been regarded a century ago. Um, they just want to stay away from them. And, and, and that was kind of a shame because they have so much power in the pattern and they have so much capacity and capability, but they don't use it for good. They use it for themselves. All right. They use it to amass more power. Yeah. If you notice that that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a narcissistic power because it doesn't benefit their community. It doesn't even benefit. I mean, Tarif threw away his wife in the first chapter. He's like, well, Array, I'll see you later. <laughs> nice knowing you. I know, right? I thought that they were going to last. They were so in love at the beginning. Yes. You know? yeah. And he was very quick to drop her. Very, very quick. <laughs> that was not heartbreaking at all. But then that's contrasted with female power, right? Yes. And in female power, she does something, I don't know. This was interesting to me. So we have Iray, who kind of accepts her fate. I mean, her husband, she has no control, no agency at all. Her husband says, well, this guy says we can't be married, so we can't be married. And then beyond that, she has to become the wife of Corancy. Corancy? I wasn't sure how to pronounce his name, but I'm going to say Corancy, who's not nice or wonderful, and she has no choice in it, but she accepts her fate. And we have a Ray kind of being very passive contrasted with amber amber amber's my girl amber is my girl I so amber. Amber. yeah <laughs> so when teray says well amber you can be my lead wife one of many but you'll be the lead one she says nah bye-bye <laughs> she says i'm independent and i'm gonna do my thing she's also a healer and she uses her strength and her power to help everyone and everything that they had her heal a horse. They had her heal other people. I, yeah. I thought that was very powerful. She healed herself from a, a bullet yeah. wound to the neck. I thought that was pretty, yeah. pretty good. Pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. Let me read you something real quick. Okay. And I, and I put on my notes, I heart Amber and it's on page 124. So listeners, please go get this book. Um, when, and it's about what you're saying, I'm not asking for your life. 
right? This is um, Teray telling her, as my lead wife, you have authority, you will have freedom. And then she cuts him off. And then she tells him, how interested would you be in becoming my lead husband? Yeah. And I was like, yes, tell him. Tell yes. Him. <laughs> I love that. And then you could think, oh, she's anti-man or she's anti-family. But no, you would be wrong. There's far more nuance than that in this book. Because Octavia Butler is nothing if not a master of both character and nuance. Amber decides on her own without without any conversation she says huh maybe maybe i want a baby and she decides i love this in a lot of octavia butler's books or at least in the wild seed series female characters can decide if they want to be pregnant and get pregnant boom they can decide if they no longer want to be pregnant they can decide if they never want to be pregnant and it seems to me they kind of control that maybe mentally but Amber decides she wants to get pregnant and without any conversation, she's pregnant. Is that a spoiler? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think that's a spoiler because we never said by whom. Yeah. No. And if they read the other books that they will know that, that these women healers, I should say, have this kind of power Indeed. in them. The healers. Yeah. yeah. And the, the healers also, they can um, inflict death as well. So they're the most, they're not revered so much in this book, but they are um, they they are very powerful. And even the head the headmasters, why am I saying the housemasters? They know that. And I don't know if you noticed, like they're supposed to have like a healer yes. in every house. Yes, yeah. which makes so much sense because when they combine their powers, when the housemaster and the healer combine their powers, it's like they're even they multiply they're that yeah. much larger and the healers yeah have a wider array of power to draw from and can do more exactly they can kill they can kill in a variety of ways and they can heal and primarily they choose to heal yes and healers are women i read that yes, I yes. <laughs> yes. which is interesting because in the beginning she has something to say here about gender for sure which is Jorancy in the beginning, Jorcy, what is the wife's name? We have Rael and we have Rael's wife, whose name is Jorcy, I believe. And she is the one concerned with the children, right? That he criticizes. And then we have Array, whose fate is just decided for her. And then we have Amber, who turns out to be in the end, well, no spoilers, but Amber is an interesting and nuanced character and her, her road in this book, being careful to avoid spoilers is not obvious. No, it, it's, it's not at all. She had me, this character had me guessing the, the whole way because her and Teray, they butt heads a lot at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and Octavia Butler also delves into sexuality. I don't know if you read that little bit. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Explaining to her, hey, if if I see a woman and I'm attracted to her, then I prefer women. If I see a man and I'm attracted to men, I prefer men. When he asked her about her sexuality, that was her answer. And that was another thing that I just I put asterisks and, and hearts around it because yes. that is such a, a great way to explain that how fluid love is right when it comes to 
um, human beings and, and having that love and affection. And that was another way that Octavia Butler kind of makes these complex characters come to life in books that are so realistic and that they kind of evade time. We are now in 2021. She wrote these books when? In the 70s? 80s? This one you know? might have been, yeah. It was either the very late 70s or the very first eight, or the very early 80s because this was the first in the series. Yeah. And then you see how how we can relate to it now, how relatable they still are when it comes to um, sexuality, when it comes to gender, when it comes to injustices, and, and then just the rights that humans should have. And she displays it in her books in, in many different ways, Afrofuturistic, dystopian, um, sci-fi, and so forth. To, to still relate to these societal issues that we we still have to this day. Absolutely. So it's so relatable, you know. And abuse of power. It's a very yeah. clear depiction of abuse of power, but encapsulated in a wonderful story that's enjoyable to read. She's, Octavia Butler is really amazing in that way, that she can put so much in her stories, and yet you still want to read them and you still want more. Yeah. It's interesting, too, that Clay's arc, Pat, this book, Pattern Master, gives you a little bit more insight into the book we just read, too, the earlier book in the series named Clay's Arc, because they talk about how Clay's Arc was a group of mutes who wanted to escape Earth and live a better life in space. Yeah. The idea that all that risk, all the uncertainty of both space travel and then arriving at their destination on a distant planet and not knowing what they'll find, that that was better than their lot. Yes. Yeah. I know. And, and I message. Did, didn't we discuss that when it came to Clay Ark, how it was, it was like um, just this, this, these extraterrestrial um, people. Uh, but then you only understand that side of him when it comes to just reading clay arcs. And I think over here, once you get to this book, then you're giving a little bit more feedback on, on who they are. Um, but she also describes them as uh, kind of like not animalistic, but they have animal features. Yes. They walk on all fours, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought that was weird. But and they're very skinny and kind of gray. And it's interesting the patternists make I mean I said this earlier, but that the patternists make no attempt to help them. It's a bit disturbing. Okay, Joa, here's our question for today. Hmm. What would be enough to drive you to space? Would you go to space? <laughs> Let's say you could catch a ride on the space bus. Would you go? Oh my goodness. You know what? If 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 things get as dire as Octavia Butler puts it here, yeah, I may just be one of those clay arts <laughs> and, and jump in space. If I have like no agency, you know, in yeah. this world, yes. Yes, because I'm I'm with Tere on this one. Freedom is everything for me. You Absolutely. know. If, Absolutely. If I can't do what I want to do, then it's like, what's the point? You know? Yeah. How I agree. I agree. I agree exactly. I'm not into recreational space travel because I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> I'm so scared. Vessels then? No. 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 You know, I don't know. This will be controversial, but frankly, the idea of wasting all that money on 
this little hobby of space. I mean, it's theirs to waste, so that's fine. But, you know, they could be helping people with COVID. Just an idea. It is a pandemic. It seems in very poor taste to be like, look at my spaceship. I'm going to travel <laughs> during a pandemic. It looks like an anatomical part of a, you know, a male. Yes, and I'm going to space yes. in it. Yes, a rooster, so to speak. <laughs> well, anyway. Moving on from that, what are you up to as we end our podcast today? Do tell us what is going on with you, Joa. What have you been working on? What's up? Okay. So uh, before I say that, by before I say that, I just wanted to say, please go read Pattern Master and all mm. of Butler's books. She is amazing. Yes. She was amazing. I'm sorry. Um, and I wish she was still alive to write more books. But when it comes to me, I'm working on a book myself. So I am implementing the developmental editor's uh, feedback, some of her feedback that she gave me. And I am almost there. I am getting into the third act of implementing that. And that is just, all that means is just a lot of rewriting. More rewriting and turning this story to be more cohesive and uh, plausible um, and relatable. Yeah. How about you? Excellent. I have finished at long last editing my murder mystery, currently titled Purple Snow, The Mystery of Purple Snow. And that's a great feeling because, again, it's a 10th draft. I've worked on this for quite some time, and now I'm going to send it out to betas again, including fresh eye betas. I'm a big believer in having fresh eyes look at my book at various stages along the way. So I have critique partners I work with regularly. I have regular alpha readers who are my first and kindest and most gentle readers (laughs) on every project, but I like to have fresh eyes along the course. And I like to have fresh eyes who aren't writers because writers, they know what you were trying to do sometimes and they'll fill in the blanks. So I have, I'm sending it out to some fresh eye betas. That's what I call them. It's not an elegant name, but it works. And I'm excited about that. I'm also, I did a nice interview with Barrett Laurie on YouTube. Friends, allow me to warn you. Don't do interviews with people you love and really vibe with because you will tell them your life story, your password, your bank account, your social security number. Ooh, okay. He got it out of me. Let me tell you. And he's a wonderful interviewer and a wonderful friend. I adore Barrett. But I got to talking and I probably said more about my projects than you'll ever hear me say anywhere else. So if you want to know the real scoop on what I'm working on, ha, ha, ha. There's a little interview on YouTube with Barrett Laurie uh, that I was privileged to be invited to because he is a doll. I love Barrett. So anyway, yeah. And that's on YouTube and will live forever. So great. Now that could be wonderful though, Joa, because now I have to complete those projects. I told people what I was working on. Now I'm going to have to finish them. Yep. All your look bad if you don't. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone could call me out. They can go, hey, you said you were working on XYZ. Where is it? Well, this has been another wonderful episode of Robin and Joa Save the World, one book at a time. Friends, follow us on Instagram at Robin and Joa, Joa, J-O-A. Follow us everywhere. Follow Joa 
at her Instagram, have a cup of Johanny. Follow me on Instagram, robincastle55. We have another episode coming soon where we will be reading Colleen Hoover's It Ends With Us. We'll see you next Sunday. Bye, everybody. Bye.